You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2022, brought to you by the Lombox Crusade. It's a mything. Hello and welcome to the fourth day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2022. Woo! Brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series. Brought to you either by one of our Jolly Holly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. Woo! I can't wait again. Oh, I'm wondering what's underneath the tree for me. Sky Strikers for everyone. Almost everyone. Oh, I can't wait. Pat, I can't help but notice it looks like you have a rattler above your shoulder there. I do. You know what I don't have? I don't. I do have a Sky Striker. Thanks Here to you. we go. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm flying the Sky Striker around. I'm having fun with it. But what mm-hmm. I don't have is a bad guy jet for it to go head to head with, you know, Top Gun style. Yeah. Top Gun 2 Maverick. You know, maybe. Well, you never know. We'll see what the Crusademus spirits bring you. But with that, let's go ahead and introduce everybody else that's here. I am your host for this fourth day of Crusademus, Pat Sampson, DJ Chris Kringle, Chris Datos. <laughs> and before we get started, I'm just going to read again from the reading that I have been doing from the book, Twas the Night Before Crusademus. And we start off our next segment as this. The moon shined on the new-fallen snow, gave a luster of midnight to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Ooh, I wonder who could be in that sleigh. Ooh, we will find out. And speaking about who may be in that sleigh, joining me as three other Christmassy Christmases elves around, we have Jared Elbrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Throat. Merry Christmas to you. And number one, I really am enjoying the story thing that you're going through, the readings that you're giving on each episode. Thank I don't you. want to give you one more thing to do, but you need to get all those and then put it all together as one on the Christmas day. That's my day. thing for the Christmas day. <laughs> yeah, we need to hear that. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And uh, as usual, I came with a joke. Oh, okay. Who is the most obnoxious of all the reindeer? Pat? Obnoxious of all the reindeer. Mm-hmm. Grumpy. It's not a reindeer name, Pat. That, that's, a, that's an elf. That's <laughs> an elf, Pat. Ah. You know, the, the seven dwarfs. The dwarf, excuse me. <laughs> dwarf elf, same thing. Back on the Smurfette. Smurfette. <laughs> the most obnoxious reindeer is rude elf. Oh... Rude. Off. That would explain why he doesn't get to play in many reindeer games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's another Christmas joke from the Christmas probe. All right. Well, with that, why don't we see if we can lighten up the party here? Because, like, rude is synonymous. <laughs> we got it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll check back with you guys later yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. 
try back in a little while, like in about a couple hours. We'll see if we're still there. We're not going to be here. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and say hello to another one of our elves. Delve into Dark Web Williams. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Pat. My joke is not much better, but I will say it anyway. I mean, in light of Jared, it's, a, it's not either it's going to go just a little bit further down or, or maybe a little bit up. Here goes. You've already talked about everything under the tree. And just like everyone else has provided, I have presents too. Hello. See? Presents. The, the alternate oh, definition. Oh, <laughs> oh. I can appreciate that because obnoxious and rude are synonymous and <laughs> presents. Yeah. Don't, don't hit don't hit your reindeer <laughs> my slave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Oh, well, Delvin, thank you for gracing us with your presence. I always like your smiling face to see that across the fire while you sip that hot cocoa. Mm. Anyway, let's go ahead and see how the Christmas weasel skull is doing. Jason Ulbricht. Well, Merry Christmas, Pat. Merry Christmas, everybody. As usual, I have to yield my time to Mary Jane because she has a couple Christmas messages she needs to get out as she's preparing for our big party on Christmas Day. So take it away, Mary Jane. Be brief. Hey, baby. Hey, everybody. Oh, it's almost Christmas time. Almost Christmas time. Almost Christmas time. Pat, you did a great job setting up that tree. Thank you, Mary Jane. Where are the decorations, baby? Do I got to do this step-by-step with you? I told Clinton to bring him up from the basement. He hasn't brought him up yet. Don't you blame this on Clinton. You can delegate authority, not responsibility, baby. Get yourself down there. Get those decorations up on that tree. I want to see them up there by next time. You got it? I I, I got it. I'll I'll, I'll do it. Y'all say about us. Death probe. Whatever Mm. you call yourself these days. Mm -hmm. Get in touch with uh, 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 Darren and Roost lawyers. Absolutely. I want to make sure we don't have none of that nonsense we had last time. Mm-hmm. No, that Remember? was ugly. He was he was doing the crane kick, the <laughs> crane kick on those guys from Fire and Water. We can't have that. No, yeah, I've ta- I've I've ironed all that out. Okay, and we're gonna keep them. We're gonna keep them twenty feet apart, mm-hmm. just like okay, mm-hmm. just like the law says. All right, all right, babies, you have a good show. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, there seems to be another guy here. Oh, maybe he- that's Clinton with the stuff coming up. No, it ain't Clinton. Oh. It's some guy trying to pass as a skinny Santa Claus. He's got the gray beard and the and the hat, but what's your name, sir? My name is Tim. What was it it's before not- you changed it? All right. Rest in peace, Sean. I'm out. <sighs> Walked right into that one. Yeah. You know, mm. they all you know it just keeps coming and it just keeps coming. I'm sorry, and- guys. You know, Every I like time. watching. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to change. Something's well, going to happen here, but... Get us back on the rails, Pat. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. about that. You all heard him <laughs> announce his name, so let's go ahead and give a warm welcome and holly jolly Christmas hello to Tim Price from the Outcasters and Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Tim, hello, welcome. How are you? Merry Christmas. I'm fine. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me, everybody. I love the decorating here in the luxuriously decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. It's just amazing. You all just just see this. Although it's like, yeah, the tree is bare and I don't know what's going on there. Clinton needs to get to work. I don't know, Pat. I think Clinton's... Pat will fix it. Pat will fix it. I'll get it fixed, Mary Jane. I'll get it fixed. Man, she's just been on everybody this year. I don't know what's, what's changed in her. 
I don't like it. All right, Tim. Well, what do you have gift wrap for us in that stocking of yours? Oh, I did bring something in my stocking. And as you can see, you heard it in the intro. Today is Four Myths a Mything, which means we're unwrapping... Myth Adventures number one from Warp Graphics in 1984. For a brief history on the series creators, this story was plotted and created by Robert Asprin, who's a sci-fi and fantasy writer who specialized in humorous characters and stories. This comic is an adaptation of his novel, Another Fine Myth, the first of the Myth Adventures series. The writer and penciler of the comic book is Phil Folio, a Hugo Award-winning storyteller who starred with fanzines and an ongoing strip in Dragon Magazine, if you remember that back in the day. He later worked for DC Comics on things like Angel and the Ape, and he's currently producing a graphic novel series, Girl Genius, with his wife, Kasha. The anchor of this book is Tim Sale. His name ought to be familiar because he's an Eisner Award-winning artist best known for his collaborations with Jeff Loeb, like on Batman The Long Halloween, Superman For All Seasons, and Spider-Man Blue, plus tons of cover artwork. His things are everywhere. I have a few key points why I love this series so much. I discovered this back in the day when I was just starting to get into my comic habit pretty heavily, and I love superheroes and love superheroes. So why am I picking up a book that has 0% superheroes in it? Well, the main thing is that Phil's artwork is so distinctive and delightful. He's a cartoonist in the positive way. His drawings are whimsical and it's so expressive. I just love his artwork there. The story has a great point of view character and you can see the hero's journey starting in this very issue and it will continue throughout the eight issues of this series. And the mentor is so atypical for the time. I mean, this kind of mentor is almost overused now because instead of being wise and nurturing, he's sarcastic, brusque, and especially short-tempered. But then he'll surprise the reader being compassionate and understanding when he needs to be. And of course, I've mentioned it before, but this book is hilarious. I laugh every time I read it. It's got clever dialogue, fantastic facial expressions, visual gags galore, and slapstick. I just have always loved this series, and it's very hard for me to read just one issue of it. I usually have to just tear through the whole thing. But for this, I did read just the one, so I wouldn't be overly leaning on what's coming up next. I wanted to just keep it focused on what this issue covers. So let's ask around to the Crusaders. Have any of you read Myth Adventures comics before? Let's start with Jared. Yeah, I have every issue hardbound of Myth Adventures. No way. No, it's a lie. I'd never heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you said Warp uh-huh. Graphics, and I was like, don't they just do ElfQuest? And apparently not. <laughs> so, uh, no, the first time I'd ever even heard of this. So, yep, new for me. Wonderful. All right. Then, Jason, how about you? Same. Brand new for me. Never read it, never heard of it until this very moment. Awesome. All right. And let's go to Pat. How about you? I'm with Jason. I've never heard of it and never read it. First read for me. All right. And Delvin, what about you? Making four for four. I have not heard of it. Hadn't seen it or anything until I opened page one. Well, this is exciting to have a brand new thing for the whole crew. I'm sure it will mean lots of candy canes or very few candy canes. One or the other. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go through a quick summary of the story in this issue. Garkin the wizard, one dark lonely eve, was teaching magic to his student Skeev. His skills were low, his mood was too. Even flying a feather left him quite blue, but Skeev's candle did spark, showing much promise. Garkin gave him dinner and praise, then admonished, for Skeev let slip his intention, using magic to steal and save for his pension. Sad Garkin admits it's time to share what magic can do if one should prepare. He'll summon a demon so fearsome and cruel, but they'll stay safe, cause he'll be their tool. As the demon arrives, disaster shows. An assassin kills Garkin with a lethal crossbow. Zap the killer fried so that only leaves the fearsome demon. 
and poor little Skeev. Demon's lizard skin, shark teeth, yellow eyes. Bear down on Skeev until he cries. Yeah! But the demon just laughs. He put on a show. He's a friend of Garkin's, brought to say hello. Oz is his name. A-A-H-Z. Not that other guy. Not in this story. Oz explains a demon comes from another dimension. The killer is, too. Imp his designation. Oz wonders who hired such a craven blackguard. When Skeever calls hearing, Istvan sends his big regards. With that, Oz hurries to return home. Back to his dimension where Istvan can't roam. Casting spell, eye to heaven, hands slam with a boom. But looking around, he's still in this room. Something's wrong. The spell should have worked. He thinks for a moment, then screams he's so irked. Garkin must have played a small joke in, leaving Oz's magic powers completely broken. But Oz's next thought is momentous. He'll take over teaching Skeev as his apprentice. Together, they'll get revenge on evil Istvan, who plots to rule all dimensions his plan. Skeev is nervous. Do they have a prayer? Oz assures him they'll win and be famous everywhere. Like Custer at Little Bighorn, Napoleon at Waterloo. Gee, Oz, you really think so? Kid, would I lie to you? I like it. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> it's like poetry slam. I think it's the first time in the many years that we've done that someone has done a very uh, fun rhyming scheme to their. Yeah, he exceeded the 90 seconds. So I'm going to need you to oh. cut, cut that a lot. Why? Ninety Let's seconds just, is ninety seconds. Faster. faster. <laughs> no, it was well done, sir. <laughs> the Santa cat. So. You did a very good job, Tim. Thank you. Well, thank you, thank you. So it's a lot happens in this story, but you know, being an adaptation of a novel, and it's even a short novel. It's a paperback novel. It's really a quick read. If you ever read another fine myth, and I have read it and several of the sequels, a lot has to happen in a short period of time, and there's a lot of setup going on in this issue to get things going. So let's jump around and see what you guys thought of this issue. Pat, shall we start with you? I didn't know it was a book. I didn't know much about this and what to expect when I started to read it. But I found myself paging through this at a pretty decent pace. But not to say that it wasn't done well. It was done so good that the story and the art sold what was happening in the story as well. So I could just kind of pace along and pace along and read through this. And you mentioned it before, the artwork in this is just amazing to look at. The expressions, the odd things that are happening here and there really stood out and caught my eye a lot. Uh, I like the use of the magic and the tingly thing that happens around them. And yeah, I said tingle. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, you know. It's um, Christmas magic. Yes. It kind of was kind of that whimsically Christmassy feel to it. The magic that was all around. Anyway, yeah, it's a very interesting book. And I'm glad you brought it because I this is something I would have never known about. And I really enjoyed it. I'm in, interested in seeing how the story goes. I don't know if... Oz is a good guy or is he turned to like a, you know, is he like a helper? Is he that guy that's scheming him a little bit? Skeevy's so naive that I don't know. That's what I'm really interested to see what happens. Excellent. Well, yeah, we get a lot of development of the characters, so I don't want to spoil anything, of course, but Skeeve and Oz are obviously our main two characters. Other characters get added both on their side and on the opponent's side, but you get to see more development of both of them as things go along. Jared, how about you? What did you think of this issue? A good story and quality art, well put together, are all comments I might make if I had read it. (sighs) Ah. I thought you were going to go into it, and I was like, oh, I'll get to do it. I didn't 
spit on it this year. No, this was definitely an interesting book, Tim. This, like I said, I'd never heard of it. This is why I love Crusade Mists. We get these just different flavors, uh, stuff I hadn't heard of. It's always exciting when that happens. Peek behind the curtain. The first thing Tim wanted to bring was Spy Boy, which, of course, I heavily encourage at any moment. But we've done Spy Boy. First year of Crusade Mists. And then he came back with this one, and I yeah, hadn't heard of it. I saw Warp. And I was like, that, like I said, I thought those were the Elf Quest people. So I kind of expected fantasy. And fantasy, fantasy, for those of you who've listened for a while, no, that's a hard sell for me. It's not my wheelhouse. So I was dubious. But then it had that goofiness of like Gru that is a win yeah. for me. So I found myself like, like, ah, fantasy. Oh, but it's got that Gru flavor. At, at the end, I did enjoy it. And I'm glad you brought it. For some reason, though, I think... It might have been more beneficial to bring maybe two or three. I just felt like one was super exposition heavy. It has its wittiness and its charms for certain, uh, but there's a lot of exposition. And I and I do wonder what a snapshot of this would look like in mid-adventure for these two. And I see what you did, Tim. Now I'm going to have to you know go find out on my own. But it was a good, just interesting and good book. And I'll, I'll leave it at that and we'll pass it on. Yeah, let's pass it over to Delvin. What are your thoughts? Very interesting book. The first thing, and I... I should have caught the warp graphics in that being home of ElfQuest. I did not. What I thought looking at the artwork immediately was uh, was Groot, was Sergio Aragonis. And so I, so I liked it and I assumed immediately because of that artwork that it was going to be a little silly. And it was at points, but there definitely was a serious element right around the time that the first wizard was shot through the heart with an arrow and he disintegrated one of the, or his assassin uh, with a lightning bolt. And it's like, oh, things went sideways here quickly. And then I love that page where, um, who's the uh, big Shrek looking mofo? Oz. 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 Yeah. When yeah. Oz appeared and looked all sinister and evil. Huh? Okay. Yeah, so, and then, like, then the story, the game was afoot. The storyline started, and it was an interesting storyline of, yep, Oz may have been a powerful wizard in his dimension, but he was stripped of his powers, and all we're left with is the equivalent of, like, Morty, from Rick and Morty, <laughs> to, <laughs> like, to take care of everything, and, and sort of being a, an apprentice to uh, a know-it-all who has no powers interesting the whole thing was interesting the artwork was interesting the storyline was interesting i was interested excellent that's good stuff i'm hearing the word interesting a lot which i i, I assume just means hundreds of candy canes let's see what if jason got a tingle you know i did i you used the term unpredictable and i found that to be a, a very apt description of the first issue let's start with the art to me the art reminded me of saturday morning cartoons I thought when I opened this, oh, this is going to be kind of a children's book type of read. And it isn't. It definitely has a lot of humor. And it's, it's got a lot of room to grow. Jared brought up the point that this first one was exposition heavy. And it was, but it was interesting exposition. I really enjoyed getting to know Garkin. And again, unpredictably, I didn't realize till I saw him get shot through the heart with the arrow. Well, this is the end of this cat's journey <laughs> right here. Um, but, you know, up to that point, he was very interesting to the point that I was like, are they sure they're done with him? Is he is he really dead? Is he coming back? And so I had a hard time even believing that he was dead there for, for a little bit. And then when Oz made the appearance, I realized, OK, so it's going to be an interesting relationship between Oz and Skeev. And talking about Skeev a little bit. Now, there's a character that's obviously got some interesting backstory. Apparently, he was a thief at one point in time when he came upon Garkin and, and began to study magic with him. 
And so I'm interested. I want to know what's his backstory. What kind of skills has he acquired? What were the circumstances that he found himself in when he met Garkin? And then when Oz comes aboard, like Pat was saying, you're not really quite 100% sure. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he somewhere in between? Whatever he is, he's funny and he's interesting. And so it's going to be an interesting dynamic where Oz, who is the mentor but has no power, is going to be reliant upon the kind of feeble and still developing power of his apprentice, Skeev, and what kind of uh, situations they're going to find themselves in and what kind of dangers they're going to face on this journey. So overall, even though it was a little dialogue heavy coming out of the gate, it was very interesting and left me curious, which is a good place to be. Excellent. It was kind of tough to pick an issue specifically for this show about what single issue to start with because the it the eight issue series really does read like a single thing but you know there's cliffhangers at the end of each issue you know not too surprising i'm not spoiling anything to say that that's what's going to happen and it's, it's really sh- relatively short story so it's going to just keep moving forward like that so finding any snippet has also the problem of being in the middle of the story and you guys f- and you're know, feeling lost Versus if I give you the beginning, it gives you the taste of the two most important characters in the story and the setup. And I know the setup can be a bit of a can be a bit of a thing if it doesn't if you when you're like not sure if you're going to get a payoff from it. But, you know, so this might hurt the scoring. I, you know, that's fine. But I also personally hope that this does at least entice you to want to read more of the story. I'll take that in favor of the of how many candy canes I walk out with because my dentist will be glad that I don't have that much sugar in the house. So rate your interest in the series and we'll use your official Crusademus candy cane scale on a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being no interest at all. How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title? So let's start with Delvin. Man, start with me first. Um, I'm at a nine. I think nine's good. Nine is that point where I think it was good. I think it's an intriguing story. I'm similar to Jared here in that my, usually I, I kind of not super interested in like too much of a fantasy element, but it was a good story. It was a really good story. It was fast paced. I could have kept flipping pages. I actually had to ask the guys when I needed to stop on my reading for it. It would have been a pretty easy read and I was intrigued by it. So those are all really good elements. And when you're telling a story like that, it transcends the genre of fantasy, crime, war, whatever the heck you want it to be. And it seemed like it was going to be one of those stories because the one element that we didn't mention is that Oz can't go back home. So he needs Skeeve. So even if he is a bad guy, it means that he has to get Skeeve just powerful enough to get him back home to his dimension before he betrays him anyway. And that is one <laughs> heck of a twist. And so like a very interesting twist that would want I wouldn't mind at all reading the rest of it to find out what happened. So I'm at a nine. I think it was good. I think it was real good. Excellent. Thank you. Pat, how about you? With the book, is that a regular novel, adult book, or would it be like a a young readers or young adult read for that? It was not marketed as a young adult book. It's an all ages book. Okay. I was just that. wondering. But it's, you would find it in just the standard fantasy section of your bookstore. Okay. Interesting. It would be something that I will seek out as well, too. When I say that I'm going to give it a 10, if I can find these, I definitely will pull them to get the rest of it read and figured out. And I think it's an it's an interesting niche. You know, I, I don't know how many of these they made. So be interesting to find them in the wild and pull them in. 
Awesome. I'll have to give you a little tip, though, about finding the actual hard copies in the wild. The first six issues, it's standard comic book length in terms of how many pages there are, but the dimensions of the book are magazine-sized. Back when Warp Graphics was doing that, their original ElfQuest issues were that size also. They were larger okay. than the yeah. standard comic size. Hmm. Now, at issue seven, they switched to standard size. They probably, right. Printing costs just merited them going down to a, a more standard size. Right. But that's a little thing to look for because you might not be able to find them in the standard boxes. Yeah, looking for them in the magazine. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, good, yes. good tip there, Tim. Excellent. All right. Let's see. Next up, Jared. Uh, if I had read it, I don't know. Six candy canes is my guess. <laughs> I kept the joke going. All right. But for reals, I kind of figured I was going to be the boat anchor on this one because, you know, I'm not a huge fantasy guy. And I tell you, I was sitting at a seven. Right up until you said it was magazine size. I'm a sucker for magazine size stuff like that. That actually makes it more exciting to me. So I'm going to bump to an eight. I'm going to go eight candy canes on this book, which Tim, for me, for a guy who just doesn't really get into fantasy is it's, it's like a 10 from anybody else. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I, it's high compliments for me to give it an eight. And I'm glad you brought it. Awesome. That's great. Hey, Tim, very, very quickly. Yes. Jared, when you first mentioned that thing, about not reading the book, I was thinking, dude, don't be Rudolph. Like, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is funny because that's the word rude in it. <laughs> oh, I got it now. <laughs> well, let's, I, I guess we still need to hear Jason's thoughts on this, though. Okay. My thoughts candy canes. Okay. Humor, mm -hmm. heart, spectacle, and art. Humor, I'm going to give it a full three. I laughed out loud several times throughout the course of the book. Heart, this one's a little different because I'm gauging it more on possibility. Possibilities. I we don't really know the, the characters, but that's kind of the point uh, at this stage. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna go out on a limb and give it a three there as well. Spectacle. We talked about it. Not a lot of action in there, so I'll give it a one for spectacle. And the art. I'm gonna give it a full three on the art. Like I said, it reminded me of a Saturday morning cartoon, that fun that I had watching a Saturday morning cartoon. And those colors we haven't talked about too much, but they just really popped. I mean, it was just a beautifully colored book. So that puts me at a, at a 10. And then for your enthusiasm and the hat, I'm going to go 11. 11 candy canes <laughs> for the book. See, the hat paid off. Mm -hmm. You can get it. Worth the investment. Get a candy cane. There you go. Well, that's excellent. All right. Well, let me give just one last recommendation for this series. And it's boils down pretty easy. If you like humor, fantasy, non sequiturs, slapstick, Easter eggs, satire, and humor, you need to give Myth Adventures a try. All right. Well, that'll wrap up day four of the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you. And if you are familiar with any of these comics we cover here on the show, or if you gave one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think about it. You can do that by going to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Or you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also send us a voicemail on our voice line. And that number is 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year or just want to hear more Crusademus, and who doesn't? I mean, for the last five years, it's just a, a joy to hear in your ears. It's better than Christmas music, I think. Yeah, I said it. I stand by it. You should. 
We can right. legally play it. That's double down. On it. <laughs> if you scroll away far back in our feed, you will find all the episodes from Crusade Must Past. That's 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, and even 2017. Woo! That's a lot of years. That is. You've been doing that for a long time, ever since I was a kid. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Thanks for having me, fellas. I hope you and your loved ones have a joyous holiday, Crusaders. And to everyone listening, I wish you a holly jolly holiday season. Peace. Until next time, DJ Cristados, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes.
Hey, you got that look in your eye like you're getting ready to go. So I'm going to yeah. go grab my, uh, my drink and go. put my ink and pencils down. I'll you just gave me a chance to charge my down. headphones. You know, I have to do that, Jerry. I have to charge my headphones. Oh, crap. I got to watch a YouTube thing. Uh, Tim, would you, mind, uh, Tim would you mind increasing your Patreon money so you can get Delvin a, a wired headphones? <laughs> I will yes, never sure. get one. And, 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 and he'll, you can put get them with you know, like your face or Tim's name on them. That way, you know. Don't save your money. <laughs> sure, no problem. I gotta be the. My, but my Patreon handle is Shag Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we know a guy. Oh, you know, when you see that in there, you know, you know. Boy, everybody leaving. I'm still here. We're true. We're the ones that stay. I, I got the two, I, I got, the two I got cool guys and me. Yeah, just two, two cool guys and, and him. That's right. That's all that's left. Actually, I need one quick thing, but I'm not. I, oh, well, oh, 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 there you go. Not yeah, just two cool guys. Right back. I just did. I took a shower before um, I had enough time to come home and shower. I'm very glad. So I don't have to smell like mm. you get to when we podcast tonight. We don't have to smell it either. Yeah. Got the stank off you. And I taught two weightlifting classes today. So, yeah, I needed to get some, some jujitsu stink off me, too. <laughs> I just splashed on some high karate. So it makes me smell good. And I feel like I just got done doing some karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I admire your. That's the, the, commit, the commitment to that was that. That's a seller. That sold it right there. That's yeah. the yeah, bit. That was it. Good. Yeah, that's the bit. <laughs> it's good. That's the bit within the bit. Well, see, this is this is crusade miss. I mean, I'm supposed <laughs> to have this thing on, right? So to have this this Absolutely. thing, right? There you go. I'm, yep. I'm ready. That and nothing else. There you go. Right. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not wearing pants. I mean, come on. Then we wouldn't. You got the memo. Good job. You know, I'm flying the Sky Striker around. I'm having fun with it. But what mm-hmm. I don't have is a bad guy jet for it to go head to head with, you know, Top Gun style. Yeah. Top Gun 2 Maverick in Maverick, May yeah. 27th. That's in the past, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no Top Gun 2 Maverick coming out May 27th. Haven't you all seen the trailers? I've got to edit this. It's show. in the we past. Gotta, really <laughs> when this really comes out, we don't know whether it's good or not. Wait. Yeah, it came out May 27th. <laughs> That's what I meant. There you go. Oh. Yeah, I said tingle. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, you know. It's um, Christmas magic. Yes. It kind of was kind of that whimsically Christmassy feel to it uh, with the magic that was all around. Um, it's, a, it's interesting. His skeevy tingle. Oh, wait. Yeah. That doesn't, that's, tingle. that's a whole problem. Uh, that's know, not good. You know. All right. All right. Everybody put your pants on. We're done podcasting without pants on. <laughs> no more. I'm sorry. I got to call it. I'm hearing the word interesting a lot, which I, I, I assume yeah. just means, you know, hundreds of candy canes. Yeah. No, and, no one wants to say that interested. And it's, and it's not a, it's not a polite way of saying like it was, you know, it was, it was all right, Tim. I think no, I think no one wants to say interesting is another word to say tingle. No, there is that an interesting tingle. Yeah. Well, let's move along to Jason. Leave y'all there on Tingle oh. Island, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy tangling each other, fellas. Dude, don't be Rudolph. Like, no. <laughs> this, is a, this is funny because that's the word rude in it. It's Oh, I got it now. <laughs> the now best, it. Okay. the best part about that you was, bringing that joke that was back. was quite amusing. Means that Pat can't cut it out from the front. Like yeah, I yeah. Have to carry it over. But that's okay, you know, because that you guys continuing on that joke just brings a special tingle to me. Chris Tingle. 
Christingo. <laughs> nah. We have we have weird joke boundaries here. Here, Rudolph works. Chris Tingle doesn't. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I did not get the memo. I did not again. Sometimes bits work. Sometimes the bits don't. Boils down pretty easy. If you like humor, fantasy, non sequiturs, slapstick, Easter eggs, satire, and humor, you need to give Myth Adventures a try. And don't forget special tingles, Tim. If you like oh, yes. special tingles, this one's for you as well. 